Chapter 14 Healthy Man When He Died Incense burned from seventeen gold censers placed in burners mounted on columns surrounding the nave of the Cathedral of Till. Each coil of Shanlan incense cost ten gold skillets. They would burn day and night for the choosing fast, during which the Nair Donesmasters debated which of them would become highest of Till. The tendrils of coppery smoke wound to the arched ceiling, where they formed a thick haze. The intricate, gilded decorations that covered the cupola were barely visible. The windows circling it were kept closed. The doors were chained shut. The Hargath lay upon a bed near the altar. He wasn't a nair, so he did not have a vote. His presence served only as pressure to force the assembled fools to come to an agreement. Hunger would do most of the work. The Hargath did not need to see the men to know how rotund many of them had grown. It was a truism among the masses that a don'ts master would always be found near a full pantry and a fat purse. One did not rise to the rank of Nair without mastering the intrigues of politics. Such skills favored those who were not shy in pursuing their own hungers. At the moment, Nair Phyllis was rambling on about the qualities he desired in the highest— of course, he merely summarized his own accomplishments and character. The Hargath noted the man did not once mention piety among the requisite qualities. The Hargath's nose twitched as a smell reached him. Bacon. It came from Nair Phyllis's flapping lips. The man had secreted some food in his robes, no doubt. No wonder he maintained the strength to keep up his incessant harangues. Many of the Nair slept on the floor. No chairs were permitted during the choosing. Chamber pots were allowed, fortunately. Though the men tried to be conscientious about their bodily needs, a day's worth of their eliminations stewed in casks tucked in one of the side chapels. It was a testament to how greedy the Nair were for power that they had not yet come to agreement, despite the deprivations imposed upon them by the laws of the way. The Hargath wished he could be deprived of the stink and incessant noise these men emitted. He almost regretted deposing Nair Chilo but the man had let Kyla sigh fall into the grasp of the harlots of Ori. He could feel her even now. She had come alive upon the Mercosine suddenly and very brightly within the last hour. That, after a long absence. It would be better if she were dead than in the hands of those lascivious tarts. But no, that wasn't true. He could still have her. First he must end this farce of a choosing. He rang his bell. Nair Phyllis stopped speaking and all eyes turned toward the Hargath. A warble of fear came across the Mercus as the lesser Nairs failed to conceal their emotions. He fought the temptation to sweep into their minds and plant his decision. They'd know he'd intruded and that would invalidate their votes. That would have the opposite effect that he wanted. This called for a more subtle and paradoxically more direct approach. He beckoned to Nair Phyllis, Come to me. A hush fell over the men until there only remained the sound of Phyllis's soft shoes scraping the mosaic floor of the cathedral. The steps grew louder, the man's robes adding an irritating swish to his movements. Do you need assistance, Sir Hargath? the Nair asked. The Hargath chose his words carefully. What was the last count? He knew the last count, but he needed to guide Phyllis to the correct conclusion. Forty-nine for Nair Wiles. Thirty for Nair Extemp, and twenty-one for me. The count hadn't changed by more than two votes in as many hours. 
Nair Wiles was a buffoon who bought votes with promises of future favors. He'd be subject to blackmail the very day he donned the vestments of the highest. Nair Extemp was wise, but had said a dozen times he would not accept the position unless it was unanimous. Nair Phyllis merely wanted the majority, but his penchant for lectures being well-known, nobody wanted to endure a single Tilsday with him in the pulpit, let alone a ten-year. Throw your support to Nair Benel. But, sir, he's so young. Barely in his third tenure, Benel was also weak-minded, venal, and greedy, and every Nair of experience thought they could use him. Do it until shall reward you. How? The Hargath noted that Phyllis didn't question the truth of his statement. The Hargath was a seer, after all. The man took his words as prophecy. I see a throne of gold, and you upon it. He saw no such thing. A throne, you say? The man's voice swaddled the idea with loving avarice. Till is great. Till is wise. The Nair turned away from the Hargath and moved to the edge of the altar dais. I throw my support to Nair Benel. A chorus arose as the Nairs murmured and gasped. The sharper minds saw what they thought was Phyllis's scheme. Benel was like a flag atop a watchtower, flapping with the wind. And why be the flag when one could be the wind? Each Nair thought he had the leverage or persuasion to sway Benel to their agenda. None did. Benel was the Hargus man, no one else's. The vote was taken. All of Extemp's and Phyllis's votes went to Benel, giving him the majority needed. The young Nair stood bewildered as the count was read. He carried it by one vote, leaving silly Nair Wiles to grouse of plots and schemes. Count yourself lucky, Wiles, the Hargus said into the man's mind. Highest Chilo was a healthy man when he died. The Hargus summoned his servants to move him to his crypt sanctuary. After his body had been washed and oiled, and once he'd swallowed a portion of bland gruel, he instructed his elderly servant to pass a word to the new Highest. I have work for him to do.